Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. All righty, more than anything in the world tonight, I want to send you home better than you came, and the Word of God can do that. Tonight we're in Joshua chapter 2, calling it Rahab the harlot and the grace of God. This is really an encouraging story tonight, and I think you'll see that very clearly. You'll remember that in chapter 1, Moses, who has led the people of Israel wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, has died, okay? And now Joshua has taken over, and it's time to cross the Jordan River and go in and possess the promised land. And in Joshua chapter 2, verse number 1, they start the sequence in motion. And it says in verse number 1, And Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shechem two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. Now remember, they're getting ready to cross the Jordan River, and one of the great obstacles there is Jericho. they got to go in and possess this land. There are bad dudes that live there, and they're in the way. So he's sending some spies over there. He said, now this time, go out and check it out and come back and report. And so the spies go, and they went. They're in Jericho, and they came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Now, Here's the point of this story as I see it tonight. It's on the screen behind me. I've written it out. Many Christians, most, have a past for which they have great shame. And not dealt with properly, this can impede or hurt future usefulness, blessings, and peace. Understanding the story of Rahab the harlot can give you a new perspective on God's goodness and grace, freeing you from your past and encouraging you about your present and future. I mean, really, all Christians have a past, if you will. Most Christians have skeletons in their closet. Um, Brother Kevin, do you know where that phrase comes from? Kevin likes words. He likes these idioms and what have you. You know, do, do, you, do you know where that comes from? You do it where you're about to find it. It has nothing to do with the story except the phrase skeletons in one closet. And I happened to find this and I thought, well, I'll be sure. Do you, anybody know where that comes from? What that means? Well, we know what it means, skeletons in your closet. But do you know what it comes from? Oh, you're going to be so glad you came tonight. Here it is. It comes from the fairy tale of Bluebeard the pirate and his closet. He gave all the keys of the house to his wife when he left on business, forbidding her access to only one room, a closet at the end of a long corridor. She opened it, of course, and there she found the dead bodies of his previous wives. Thus, Kevin, skeletons in the closet. People have skeletons in their closet. Christians all have, I'm sure, 
things, usually from younger days, typically, when you're less mature, that you regret. This story, though, about Rahab, I think, is a story of encouragement and hope to everybody who is troubled by, say, youthful indiscretions, or maybe not even youthful, but even as an adult. We're talking about Rahab, and she is described as a harlot, you know, which means she is a, an immoral person, to say the least. She lived among immoral people. And if you think about it, as a harlot, no doubt she was a homewrecker. No doubt how many women were terribly hurt by this woman. No doubt finding out where their, their husbands had been and then being hurt. And, you know, I, in my marriage counseling, one of the things I've learned is Nothing hurts a woman more than infidelity. And as bad as the, uh, the death of a child is, studies show that women who have been hurt by their husbands through infidelity, that is a pain even worse. And she was creating this kind of pain in homes. And no doubt splitting up couples and children being hurt. I mean, that's the kind of woman, and she didn't care. She would do it for money with no concern for who it hurt or how it hurt them. Not to mention STDs. You know what I'm talking about there. I mean, I, it doesn't say, but i got to believe. As prevalent as it is today, it was prevalent then. And, you know, so this is just, this is, this is bad. But yet, as selfish and unconcerned and as awful a life as she lived... It's a true story of the grace of God. A couple quotes. One writer says, In this we see the extent God goes, goes to in bringing one woman and her father's house to salvation, someone seemingly impossible to save. You may know some that seem impossible to save, but God's hand is not short to save people like Rahab. And he can work in amazing ways to bring salvation. You know, what is so amazing about this woman that I described, I think, in accurate but awful terms, she's listed in the New Testament in in, in the, 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 the Hall of Fame of Faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, when you're reading about all the great Bible characters, she's mentioned, by faith, the harlot, again, that's still with her, Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. So, you may have things in your past that you're ashamed of, that trouble you, but this story can encourage you. The story is Joshua is getting ready to lead the Hebrew children into the promised land. He sends some spies in to find out what's going on. They go to Jericho. They get spotted there. The king finds out about it, and he, send, and he finds out that they were seen with Rahab, so he sends emissaries over to, to her house, and she hides them. And she distracts them. She, she lies to them. She sends them on a wild goose chase. Hey, they went that away. Go get them. You're, you're, you're hot, hot on their trail. She sends them off, and she goes back in, and she starts talking to them and say, Listen. Your God is a real God. We know about your God. I know about your God. And I believe your God. And she was, I I believe she she became a believer. 
And she said, now tell you what. She said, I took care of you. Now I know you guys are coming. That's why you're here. You're, you're the leading edge of, of, of what's going to happen to us here. But when you come, I want you to spare me. and Spare those I care about. And they said, you got a deal. She shook hands with them. And when the Hebrew children came and they walked around and the walls came a-tumbling down, as the song says, she and her family were spared. And I think there's three important lessons that are emphasized in this story in chapter 2 that I hope you'll find a blessing and encouraging tonight. Number one, the lesson I see in this story tonight is the greatness of a past sin is no hindrance to God's pardoning mercy. The greatness of past sin is no hindrance to God's pardoning mercy. Some people, I think, wrongly think sometimes that they've lived such a bad life that there's no way that God can save them. Well, Rahab is an indication that you can be saved. She lacked, of course, a moral compass. She preyed on the sinful nature of men. She was... No doubt a home wrecker and no doubt a spreader of disease. But yet she became a believer. She experienced the forgiving grace and the mercy of God. I love what First Timothy says, one fifteen. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And the Apostle Paul said, of whom I am chief. Remember, he really was a murderer. Paul pursued Christians, hunted them down, separated families, threw people in, in prison, and oversaw with gladness the execution of Christians. Paul got saved. Christ came to save sinners. And Rahab was not beyond the reach of God. The greatness of past sin is no hindrance to God's pardoning mercy. And that's, that gives us room for, to be encouraged. Be encouraged that your past was no impediment to God's grace. And maybe you have someone you care about that is way far away from God. Not that they've drifted from God, but they've never known God. I mean, they're, they're lost. They've, they've never been saved. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Be encouraged to pass the people you care about is no impediment to God's grace. And no matter how far they have drifted from God, they can be saved. I love this quote. We may be appalled at the fact that Rahab was a prostitute or that she was a liar. She knew who God was. She knew who she was. And she trusted God for her very life. So understand this evening, whatever your past may be, and however guilt-ridden you may be, or no matter what the past of someone you care about may be, and no matter how bad or how awful a life, a reprobate life they may be living, they are not beyond the reach of God's pardoning mercy. That is encouraging tonight. Number two, the greatness of past sin is no hindrance to present usefulness. Not only can reprobate, horrible, wicked people get saved, but they can be used. 
Some people think that they've, they've been too, uh, too dirty, if you will, to be used of God. But think about this. God used Rahab right here, right now in chapter 2. Used her influence to save her family. She was concerned about her family. And, and she acted on their behalf. And, and she made a deal with these two spies. And later when the army of Israel or the people of Israel show up and they start marching around that city and that city came tumbling down. If you read ahead in Joshua chapter 6 verse number 24, it's on the screen behind me. This is moving on now. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron, they put in the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even to this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. And she hid them Because she had gotten word of God's people and what God did. And she believed. And Rahab's past wasn't a hindrance to her present usefulness. Some people have such a past and are so ashamed of it. And they've never gotten past it. That they feel like, you know, what can I do? The best I can hope to do is to be a spectator on the sideline, to come to church, mind my own business, be quiet, sneak in, sneak out, and and that's it. Let this encourage you. As Rahab was used to be a blessing to people she cared about, so can you. Be encouraged. Your past sin is not a hindrance to present usefulness. And be, in, be encouraged also beyond that, the person you care about who might be off in some debauchery right now not only can be saved from past sin, but he can be or she can be used of God to do great things even though her or his entire past life may have been doing evil and enjoying evil. I like this quote. It says, She was... Anxious not only about her own safety, but about that of those who were dear to her. She was not selfishly absorbed in looking after her own welfare, content if, if she herself escaped, but with true affection arranged for the rescue of her relatives. In other words, she gets saved and now she's doing the right thing. Now, obviously, she's thinking of others. And you could have in your past lived selfishly to your own harm. But understand, once getting saved, things change. And God can use you. And now you're thinking about other people. And God can use you to be a blessing to other people. So the greatness of past sin is no hindrance to God's pardoning mercy. Number two, the greatness of uh, past sin is no hindrance to present usefulness. And I like this one maybe the best. The greatness of past sin is no hindrance to a positive future testimony. Some people may think their past is how they will always be known and how they will always be remembered. 
And some people think that even though their past is in the past and other people don't know their past. In your mind, you know your past and you think that is your testimony and it's going to be your testimony forever. But let Rahab encourage you because Rahab is remembered for overcoming her past. Do you know that she is listed in the lineage of Jesus? She is part of the family tree of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, verse number 5, And Salmon begat bows of Rahab, or Rahab. That's just another version of the same name, and all commentators agree. Yeah, that is Rahab, the same Rahab of Joshua. She is listed in the lineage of Christ. A woman that used to be selfish and self-centered and totally immoral. But she is also, and we already mentioned this, listed in the Faith Hall of Fame found in Hebrews chapter 11, where she's mentioned in such positive terms, by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she received the spies with peace. So again, reason to be encouraged personally and for others. Personally because your legacy can be how you finish, not how you started. Your legacy can be on how you finish, not how you start. You know, we start young. We start immature. We start with youthful, if you will, indiscretions. You know, but thankfully, we can get saved, and we can grow, and we can mature. Be encouraged. That can hold true for those you care about, too. If there's somebody away from God right now, just living a very debauched lifestyle, be encouraged that they, they can be saved. Now, not beyond the pardoning mercy of God. Uh, be encouraged they can be used from that point forward. And be encouraged that the final chapter will be the best chapter in their life by living for the Lord. I like this quote. That there are many who before their conversion were very wicked and vile, and yet afterwards come to great eminence in faith and holiness. Again, reason to be encouraged. Be encouraged your past is not a predictor of your future when God gets involved. If you, uh, there's a certain amount of truth to the fact that your past is a predictor of your future. And I've heard people say that, and, and there's an element of truth to that. But not when God gets involved. If God doesn't get involved, then yeah, very likely that your past is going to be a predictor of your future. But the, the difference maker is God. When God gets involved, you can throw that saying out the window, even though it does apply really to lost people. That your past doesn't have to be a predictor of your future when God gets involved. And be encouraged, the past of people you care about is no predictor of the future when God gets involved. Because all of us tonight know of someone that we care about that is just really living a lifestyle of poor decision after poor decision. Well, that's what Rahab was doing. But Rahab got saved. She was used. And now her testimony is she's in the bloodline of Christ, listed in the Hebrew Hall of Fame of Faith. So what have we looked at tonight? 
Number one, the greatness of past sin is no hindrance to God's pardoning mercy. Number two, the greatness of past sin is no hindrance to present usefulness. And number three, the greatness of past sin is no hindrance to future testimony. Again, go back to where we started. Many Christians have a past for which they have great shame. Not dealt with properly, this can impede future usefulness, blessings, and peace. Understanding the story of Rahab the harlot can give you a a new perspective on God's goodness and grace, freeing you from your past and encouraging you about your present and your future. I see this lived, I mean, this happened thousands of years ago, but it's still happening today. There are people in this room that sometimes under the right circumstances, might share with you their testimony. And even not giving all the details, you say, what? You used to do what? You used to, that was you? And then you say something quite remarkable, because I've said it myself. You say, I hear it, I believe it, but I don't believe it. Because you are so different now. And that is the grace of God. And people in this room have experienced that. So, if, you're, if your past dogs you, move on. Don't let, that's just Satan trying to defeat you and keep you back in your, in, in, in your past. And let Rahab be your hero. I mean, this woman became a believer. And she really, she risked her life. She told those two guys, I, I know what your God can do. I, 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 we've heard what your God can do. I believe it. I, and I'm, I'm willing to make a deal with you right here and right now. I'll risk my life for you guys. You know, but you need to help me. And she experienced the grace of God. And she should be a, a hero to everybody in this room who has skeletons in their closet. Now, that concludes that, but there's this little, little side note real quick. Because, you know, we're, we're focusing on evangelism this year. And we're praying for that. And we're wanting the God, God to make us soul winners and to see people saved this year. And there's, I, I read this. In fact, I, I have all three paragraphs that you're going to read along with me. Because let's just change gears a little bit. Right now, I'm not talking about Rahab and her testimony and how it should be an encouragement to you. But I want you to think about the fact that Rahab got saved. Okay. So unlikely. I mean, she was, she was living in just terrible sin. She was living among the most wicked people in the most vile place. And yet the Lord miraculously worked it out for her to get saved. These two spies who've never been to Jericho before in her life, in their lives, end up there at her place, and God uses them to, to get this woman out of the pit and save her and others with her. And so sometimes we look around in this horrible world that we live in, and we think, how can it be done? Read along with me on the screen. The wonder of its existence. Here dwells an unfortunate woman, talking about Rahab. She has had no spiritual advantages, no Sabbaths, no scriptures, no teachers. And yet, in the base, perilous of 
a Jericho, and the heart of that poor harlot, like a fair pearl that lies within a rough shell among the weeds and rocks at the sea bottom, there is found precious faith. Faith that finds utterance in a good confession. Here is an encouragement for those who are called in the providence of God to minister where worldliness and frivolity and pride and bitter opposition to the truth prevail. Here too is encouragement for those who minister in uncouth regions where sin and ignorance seem to shut out hope of blessing. Then he says, and we conclude, Let missionaries and visitors in alleys and courts and attics and cellars, which seems like nests of blasphemy and impurity, take heart. The unholy atmosphere of gin palaces or saloons and even of houses like that in which Josiah's spies sought refuge cannot exclude the Holy Ghost, or nullify the gospel message. You get it? That's encouraging. If Rahab could get saved, as unlikely as it would seem to human thought, let us not be discouraged about what God can do in the bar rooms and the dives and the unsaved homes and this and the surrounding counties represented here tonight. Let us understand that it's really God at work. And as God directed those two spies into that house of ill repute, God can use you and I to go into different homes, different houses, different places, and rescue the perishing. Amen? Let us be encouraged by this. No one is beyond the reach of the pardoning power of God's grace. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.